0: Chicago Tomahawk I'm Mike and today I'm doing a solo run Matt had some things that he needed to take care of and here we go I'm going to be covering the Blackhawks last two games and I'm going to give you some NHL news so Blackhawks last two games they beat Columbus a 42 win and they beat Montreal last night So we're on a three-game winning streak uh, so far, and this is exactly what we need as a team. This team needs to have some positivity going through the rest of the season. They've had a lot of trials and tribulations, and hopefully this team is getting what it needs to stick. We still have two players, uh, two big players out on COVID protocol. That is Seth Jones and Jake McCabe, but we are doing with what we have, and we've won the past three games. So I'm going to start off with the Columbus game, 42 win. DeBrinckit, two goals. One was an open, uh, empty net. Uh, Connor Murphy had one goal. Calvin DeHaan scored his first goal of the season. And Stillman had two assists. So this game, it's been the tale of what we have seen a lot recently. The Blackhawks have had a very bad uh, period one lackluster period one, pretty much good enough just to get them through that beginning of the game. And then the second and third period, very solid. So the second period uh, play, they really lock things up. And this seems to be a team that is maybe transitioning from a run-and-gun type of team to being more of a defensive-minded t- uh, type of a team. Now, that could be because of the players that they have. It could be because, you know, that they're snake-bitten. We have players that, that aren't scoring, so we need to buckle up defensively. I thought that they played a really strong game through and through. Um, it wasn't pretty, but they played strong, and they, they beat, a, they beat a, a very talented, tough team. Uh, Columbus has been playing great, you know, pretty much the through the season they had a really great start, saw some trouble, and uh, but they're still a, a a tough team to to play against. Moving on to the Montreal game now, this I would call it a more um, this is a more. Hyped up game because Lucas Reichel made his NHL debut. Now I'm not trying to put anything down on, on Columbus because I think that they've been a they've been a team that is that has had some trouble. But there was this is th- that was kind of like a mid season type of game. You know, you're kind of in the dog days of winter. And uh, it was just a, a regular, say, forty-two game. Nothing really exciting. But with this Montreal game, we finally got to see Lucas Reichel make his NHL debut. I thought that he played really, really well. Uh, he created a few opportunities, and to be honest with you, he didn't look out of place out there. Um, big thing for him. He had a um, he had a nice move that he made to to take the game almost, he almost scored on, on, on one point, but he, he didn't, I uh, had some really nice passes and it's really nice to see him get in there. I hope that this is just a, you know, kind of like a a nine game streak just to get him, just to get him into the NHL, seeing what it's like because the speed of the game is very, very different uh, in the NHL than it is the AHL. But I still think that he needs to take the time that he has in the AHL to kind of get used to playing in America and getting used to that a, a long season so that he can have a really good offseason, you know, build himself up so he can get a, get a little weight on him and uh, take his game to the next level. I mean, that's what I'm looking for him to do. This is a hotly contested topic because the Hawks, they need offense. And a lot of people in the fandom really want to see this kid make the jump. I don't, me and Matt both, don't think that this is a great idea because I don't, Kirby Doc I don't think was developed properly. He came into the league and he's still, um, I, th- I think kind of struggling to kind of find his place in the game. I think if he would have had a little bit more time to kind of settle in, maybe in the AHL and then bring him up, it would have been, it would have been better. But uh, I want things done with Lucas Reichel as of right now. The Hawks are trying to play for a playoff spot, but they need to go on a very long, uh, you know, a very long run, a, bit, a long winning streak to even be in the conversation of taking one of those spots and and then contending with some of the bigger teams out there. So uh, I think Lucas Reichel should take his time, develop in The AHL at the bare minimum, uh, at least a season, Uh, give him a taste of the NHL right now. Like they said, the nine games and then move him back down because he's been having a great season down there. And I don't want his development to to uh, to stop, essentially. So moving on. Kubalik opened up the scoring of the game from a nice pass from Taser. It's fu- you know it's good to finally see this guy uh, start getting some goals. It's been a few games since his last goal, but hopefully he can get going. Hopefully the Jonathan Taves can get going. You know he's had a few goals you know a, a few games ago, but I want to see them passing. I want to see I want to see Taser passing, setting people up, and it would be really nice to get a one-two punch of Taser setting up Kubalik kind of like what we have going on with Kaner setting up to bring because Brinket has been uh really carrying the team being the only guy scoring goals for us and um and it's really showed. Uh Kane looked to be really pushing he's been very very frustrated because he hasn't been able to, uh, to 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 light up the light up the net man and it's it's really it's really troublesome because Kane is a guy that um he's he gets he gets frustrated. He's a guy who who's very very competitive and he might be to taking on too too much of a load from the team to try to push it forward and, and carry it. You know, we've had some games where we need some scoring in the end just to tie it up, maybe take it into overtime, and we haven't gotten that scoring. We've had some games where we've had it late and then lost it in overtime. And, uh, and you know, that's that's one of those things where you want the team to to kind of get over those losses because those are heartbreakers and Kane hasn't been scoring. And I think that, uh, he has been, uh, he has just been taking maybe a little bit too much, uh, carry, trying to carry too much of the load. Good news is he scored, scored tonight. He got a goal. It was great to see. He's very, very active. He was all over the place. I thought that he's, he was back checking very well tonight and, uh, it's really great to see, man. You know, um, uh, he was, he was trying to. He had a couple passes that I thought that he didn't need to make because he's trying to push. Uh, but he needs to just play his game and he needs to just uh, maybe just relax and the goals will come. And keeps on setting up to you know, because he is he is playing well still. So the Hawks, in general, in this game, had a very very active first period, which has been very different from what they've been doing previously. Very active. Um, Montreal didn't get a shot on goal until the first 15 minutes of the game. It was incredible. I think we ended the first period, Montreal, two shots on goal, and the Blackhawks had like 13. It was pretty much the Blackhawks show in the first period. And then oddly, uh, it became the Montreal show in the second period. I don't know what it is with the Hawks, if if they have two periods in them and maybe they need to just... I don't, I don't have a good first period, have a bad second period and finishes off finish off finish it off with a strong third period, but typically they've been having a rough first period and then uh finishing off with a strong second and third. In the second period Montreal they scored uh they scored two goals uh from Mike Hoffman and Jeff Petrie, and uh, it kind of took the wind out of the sails a little bit. You know, I just kind of felt that we ha- were back on our heels and uh and really weren't weren't pushing. Um, but the Blackhawks—they turned it around in the third period. They—they uh, kind of shored up their defense a little bit, mind you. You know we're without uh, we're without uh, Seth Jones and, and Jake McCabe, and uh, there was one instance where who was it? Uh, Lafferty, new new acquirement from. Uh, Pittsburgh he was playing actually uh, I thought that he didn't he didn't look bad he was um, he, he was pretty much all over the place man I thought the guy was was very noticeable he took a rough hit and Carpenter came right in um, threw threw down the gloves had a, a couple really great hits and and I think that that got the team going. Uh, it was really, it really nice to see that, you know, the team sticking up for each other, especially a new guy like, like Lafferty on the team. I know that probably makes him feel that he's supported by the players. And, you know, that's important. So, um, so it was, uh, we were able to tie it up in the third period, which was, uh, which was really, really big for us. And it we took it into overtime. The defense looked good for the most part, uh, except for one instance where Riley Stillman, who I'm a big fan of, had an opportunity to block a shot. He did not. That led to the second goal in the second period That uh, where Montreal took the lead. He was in a position to block it, he didn't. And um, Fleury could not make the save. So we heads into overtime. who was predicted by Eddie O at the beginning of the game was going to get a goal. He comes in, scores an overtime goal. It had to be reviewed. And to be honest with you, they were reviewing whether he was onside or not. It was really, really close on him being onside. The officiating determined that he was. He crashed the net, scored Blackhawks win. Three to two. Um, it was, f- for the most part, you know, kind of a back and forth, a seesawer type of game on, you know, who is kind of pressing or not. I'm not a. I don't see the uh, Canadians as as a contender. I thought this was a game that the Blackhawks should win, and they did. I thought that they should have won it in regulation, which they didn't. But hey, a win is a win, and we'll take what we can get. So, Hagel was very noticeable in the game. Gustafson. Um, I saw him out there. I thought that he made uh, a couple good plays. They are back from COVID protocol. Uh, So is Kevin Lankinen, Curtis Gabriel, Mike Hardman, and Josiah Slavin, as well as goaltenders Kale Morris and Arvid Soderblom have been reassigned to Rockford. Nicholas Bowden has also been assigned to the taxi squad. He is another player that um, I would kind of like to get into for a second. Nicholas Bowden is on the taxi squad, and I would really like to see this kid and Ian Mitchell getting... Day-to-day minutes in Rockford. Yeah, I, I know that they're practicing with the, with the big team, and I, I understand that. I understand that we need a taxi squad. But you know what? These guys, in order to develop properly, they need to be playing every single day, top-line minutes, and I think that they need it. Uh, Coming next year, I would really like to see Nicholas, Nicholas Bowden, Ian Mitchell, and... Uh, and uh, Lucas Reichel make the team, you know. And another player that we kind of have left out is a Wyatt Kalinuk. You know, he had the unfortunate, uh, the unfortunate, uh, you know, circumstance of getting injured. Uh, you know in at at the beginning of the season in camp uh, pro, pro, we could probably throw it to Colin for for putting him into you know having such a rough camp but uh he has been kind of forgotten about sent down to rockford and he was supposed to have, have made the team this year and i think that he 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 did make the team but he got injured he played a couple of games and he's been sent down i think that we can bring Kalanook up to the taxi squad, leave Bowden and Mitchell down there and let them play every night. Because uh, I think that these kids need the development down there more than Kalanook does. And I think Kalanook needs more of an opportunity to get into the lineup. Calvin DeHaan, I think is pretty much been the reason why uh, one of these guys is not playing every night. Calvin DeHaan has been playing solid. He, Lacks a lot of speed, but he has been positioning himself very, very well recently, and he's been blocking a ton of shots. So I don't – earlier, if you would have said maybe 10 games ago, 10, 12 games ago, I would say he has no, no place on the roster now, seeing the way that he's playing, blocking shots, playing pretty responsible as pretty much solely a, a defensive-minded uh, defenseman, I think that he's earned his spot and he's been playing very, very well. So uh, we should keep Bowden and Ian Mitchell down in the AHL, give them the rest of the season to develop, and at then at the end of the season, if we make the playoffs, yeah, sure, go ahead and bring them up to the, uh, to, you know, to the taxi squad. So on from the Blackhawks and on to some NHL news, Connor McDavid. Yes, I said it correctly. I did not say McGregor was released from COVID protocol. So how long is it going to take for him to bounce back from COVID? You know, there's been no word on whether he had a hard time with COVID uh, on on you know, his, his recovery, but he says that he feels good and the Edmonton Oilers need him. They are desperate for offense. They're so desperate that they signed Evander Kane. And I'm curious to seeing how he is settling into, in, in there. Well, with Edmonton, Uh, they've got some uh, vets there that can hopefully keep him in line, but you know, you, you never know what an Evander Kane type player can do to a team like Edmonton. Is he going to show up and start scoring points? Because that's what they need. You know, they need some secondary uh, some secondary scoring because it's the Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisditals show there. And if it's not them, you know, they're not really getting any offense from the second, third, and fourth line, which uh which is very concerning because we're talking about a team where they have arguably two of the top, you know, at least the top four players in the world, and this team um, if they make the playoffs will not go far they have some serious goaltending issues but they seem to be thinking that they need to add more offense which they do and to be honest with you edmonton has some some serious issues at this point in the season uh, heading into what we need to be what what they need to be doing as a push to the playoffs Tuka Rask has won his first game back against the Flyers in a in a three to two affair. Looks like the guy is just picking up from where he left off from last season. I'm not sure what's going on here. If uh Boston is uh just trying to give the guy a little time off, you know, from last year to uh to bring him in at the end to try to take a make a push for the playoffs. But it looks like he is needed and um he looks like he doesn't have any rust on him at all. Braden Schneider scored his first uh, his first goal in the NHL for the Rangers, and Shesterkin got a shutout and a win over the Sharks. Um, what goes up definitely must come down because the Penguins lost to the Kings 6-2 Thursday night. Kopitar had two goals, Dustin Brown had his 700th point, and Jonathan Quick had 27 saves in the win. The Penguins have on, been on a bit of a tear recently. I believe they had a 9 or 10 game winning streak where they've been uh, pretty much just handling everybody that, they have, uh, that they've been playing. But uh, they had to come down to reality. And we'll see if they can bounce back or hopefully, you know, for their sake, uh, they don't head into an extended losing streak. Uh, Chris Letang ended his extended his point streak in the game to six games. And Tristan Jari allowed six goals on 45 shots. The Blues beat the Kraken in a come-from-behind win, which seems to be... You know their mo recently. Both goals came in the third period. You know, just uh, you know, these guys are just breaking hearts on these teams that they're playing because they're scoring goals late and uh, and they're taking over over some games that that maybe they should be losing and they're winning. The the Blues are a tough team. Uh, I think that they're a team to look out for in the Central. They're a team that um, that will fight all the way to the end, and I think that there there are they're going to be a juggernaut to deal with come towards the end of the season and possibly at the beginning of the playoffs. Uh, you know this this coming year. Um, I I did not see the Ducks being you know what they are, and I I knew that the Blues would be good but uh you know they're they're turning out to be a they're turning out to be a, a tough team to turn wins against so that's pretty much what I got for you today guys um I'm really looking forward to seeing what the Blackhawks have going on going forward reminder we still have Seth Jones and and Jake McCabe in the COVID protocol not sure how it's when they're coming back or how long it's going to be but uh we've got a we've got a a, a, a defensive core that's being led by that's being led by uh connor murphy and uh, and calvin dehan right now so hopefully these guys can keep it up we're at three games of a win streak so far, we, we need to keep it going. We need to stop the win loss win loss 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 win loss win type of a deal of what we've been having, and 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 get a good streak going. I think uh, I think this team can do it. Once they do that, I think they're going to get their confidence going. A lot of players are going to get really confident on this team, and we're going to be pushing, and we can push for one of those uh, maybe for that wild card playoff spot. Um, so I think the Hawks can do it. We'll see. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, I'm very, very appreciative. Matt is very, very appreciative. He'll be back on the next podcast that we do. And uh, and do us a favor. If this is your first time listening, hit the subscribe button. It really helps out the podcast. Um, we will be back on an, next Tuesday. And uh, take it easy, everybody. This is the Tomahawk, and we're out of here.